Whatever you want. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I know Callum was a little uh, for that little introduction there. No big deal. Oh, <laughs> yeah, a little Kickstarter for this one. But you might have seen these two lovely faces on the Euro podcast, but it's Manchester United officially now. I'd rather see them in the FA Cup than England in the World Cup final. Still in role. And the man to his left on my screen, wearing the Eric Lindros shirt, had the most overrated player in the NHL, and Mr. Callum Williams. Back-to-back-to-back to back to back appearances for the kid. Yeah, no big deal. It's and, not like he's a friend of the show or whatever. Yeah, no, whatever, right? And hey, family friend of the show. Probably will not shut up if this team wins the Stanley Cup final. Up until eternity, that is Mr. Malcolm Govia. Set the yes. screen for me, my friend. Well, as you all know, everyone I know, including my own family, was hating on me, uh, just not believing in this Montreal Canadiens deep team uh they're all back they're all healthy for the playoffs they started out um obviously coming in as the number 18th overall team in the league right that's never happened before in nhl history because you never you never hear about because there's two teams above them who didn't make the playoffs overall in the league but didn't nashville do that or something was a 16th seed and made the there is 16th seed there's never been an 18th seed ever in the nhl playoffs Tampa Bay obviously finishing eighth seed. You're not making sense. What do you mean eighteenth seed? Pardon? You're not making sense. Because teams in the West. I, I, like, oh, I know what you mean. No. Like eighteenth seed uh, in the league. They're the sixteenth seed. No, they're, they're the sixteenth seed, but like the eighteenth seed in the league. You know what I mean? That just never happened. We're an eighteenth place team. As yeah, ever, never had a COVID. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's just never happened. So I'm it's telling you, it never happened. I'm just telling you, it's never happened. Again. It's never happened. And it's the never going to happen again after this season. Uh, Montreal obviously beating the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs in seven games, coming back from three to one. Maple Leafs, like Callum likes to have this analogy, similar to England, where they're just choke artists. Um, can't win. Not, they have all this talent on their team, and they just can't find a way to win. Uh, Cole Caulfield now has triple the amount of playoff series wins than Matthews and Marner's combined. Uh, Montreal obviously going uh, to the second round, playing the Winnipeg Jets. The boys on pro clubs saying, oh, the Jets got this. The Jets got this. Colm knew the whole time. I knew it was going to be a sweep. I, I called it from the beginning. I just want to put that out there. 4 nothing right away. And then we played uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, Marc-Andre Mark Fleury. Um, he, he gave us a gift in game number three. That was just – As a TSN turning point. That, that was yeah. part of the TSN turning point of that series because Leonard came in. He shut the door. Uh, they won that game, but they went back to Flurry. They lost, and then they went back to Leonard, and they lost again. And then you have Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is defending champions. You can't lie that they probably have the most depth in the league, maybe due to some salary cap, a little scheming. Little, yeah, uh, I, we'll get to that later. Yeah, long-term IR, but – Let's just get to their series wins. They beat Florida Panthers four to two. I think the playoffs. It was Uh, a great series. Jay had Florida beat actually winning that one. Or did I? Yeah, a lot of people did. I wouldn't have been shocked if that happened. Um, And then obviously the Hurricanes. They played. They won in five games. uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, I did not expect it to be that. I had had the Canes going to the Cup final. Same. I had the Canes going further than Tampa Bay, so I was surprised that that series wasn't closer. And then. From the beginning, I remember being on a podcast with Jay and Mateus coming out saying the Islanders are going to be the top of their division, and they were. 
in a way yeah. because they made it all the way to the semifinals and they took the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning to seven games. They just didn't want to show up, though, in game seven. I don't know. I think they got sub-20 shots in this game, right? It was just not pretty. Tampa Bay put on quite the show. And then Vasilevsky, he got his fourth straight series clinching shutout, which is just unreal. You don't hear about that anymore. Um, I just want to get right off the bat, what do you guys think of both these teams' successes throughout the playoffs and throughout the season? We'll we'll go to uh, Jay first. first. Hold on. No, no. We'll get the big hockey analyst still here first. Okay. As a a hockey expert, (laughs) watch the total of uh, two games this year. Um, I think I think Tampa Bay just have too much sauce. Bamcos <laughs> <laughs> is just gonna ball up on Harry uh, yeah. Price. You know he's he's just got too much juice. Like prices look good so far, but you know Stamkos is different breed. Yeah, these well, aren't not, these aren't hot takes. See that <laughs> it's not a hot take. Yeah. and they beat they beat Florida Panthers, and I know Florida is <laughs> known for its ice. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fair shout. Ice on the ice. Florida was number one in their division, right? So it's not like that's actually a hot take either because they were the best team in their division and Tampa still came out on top in six games. So I'm not knocking any of those takes. Like, those those aren't bad takes whatsoever. I would like to say, like, me and Mr. Williams had this chat on the golf course this morning. No big deal. But the only player position-wise that should be getting paid 10 figures is a goaltender. Yeah, it, yeah, it's been proven with the Montreal Canadiens. And Bergeron said it, it's like, I've seen too many people, like when he came out to sign Carey Price, when he first signed him to $10.5 million, he came and said, I see too many teams, they're lacking the goaltender position, it's such a hard position to find. They have him locked up, I think, until he's 38 years old. Yeah, and it's he, almost like Yasmina and Malcolm. Like, it's like just locked, right? Just locked down forever, right? Exactly. Oh so he's down there, he's there for another Definitely. five years after this after this year he's 33 now he's there till he's 38 so they signed their franchise goaltender and he's still playing lights up playoff price right he showed it in the montreal series he showed it in the jet series i, I hope i game. hope price showed it in the montreal series i i, I meant toronto series. <laughs> I, I was just, i'm okay, just so. excited I'm, I'm still excited right now like i just have goosebumps at the fact that the montreal canadians because i've never seen it right i'm like a newer habs fan since i was born after their last win and I've never seen them succeed as much as they're succeeding right now and the run that they're going on. So I'm just still super excited. You see, I still got the interviews going on in the background. Yeah, I'm watching like everything. The over there. I, I'm the XO over here. I love his <laughs> takes, by the way. I love his takes. Okay, so I think about this whole playoffs, everybody knows I hate the Leafs with a burning passion. Yeah. My bracket said otherwise. I thought that the Leafs <laughs> were going to do it. I overthought it, didn't go with the heart. Rode the Leafs, one series, thought the Jets were going to pump the wheels off the Leafs because I thought the Jets personally are the best team in the North this year. You got kind of Connor Halibut. He's a like, great goaltender. Just right? Good. So, and Price, I, I always say it, goalie will steal a series. Price wasn't playing his game this year. He was injured. You can talk about whatever you want. This guy came in in the playoffs, and – I don't know if he said it to the boys or what, but he said he wasn't losing. He, I don't know if he walked in the dressing room and said, we aren't losing, or he just thought of it at home. But when you watch him, the guy doesn't show up to the rink to lose in these playoffs. The guy shows up, like, 
you you can say what you want about price. The guy has zero emotion. He's either we hot or cold. We had the same conversation on the golf course with a source to be unnamed. Yeah. He's either hot or he's cold, but he's got the same emotions. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I was and, talking about when, like, his post-game interviews, you know, he seems to be genuinely having fun playing. Yeah, exactly. He loves it. And when I I said it before, like and Sancho I'll say it again, I think they should have kept Halak when I was in, what, 2012? 2010. Now you look at oh, yeah, it. That's 2011. No, we, we, we looked we, it we, up. We, it was we, in 2012. We homework. When the, on, on, what, on the run they went against Philadelphia? No, they played Pittsburgh and they played uh, Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah. And then they released Halak after that season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I thought back then that Halak was the guy. Like, he was sick. And he, he's he proved it. He's proved it. He's a great goaltender. But Carey Price, holy shit, man. He's he's the next Marty Brodeur. If, like, well, he's got we, haven't goalie, we haven't seen a goalie that dominant. Since Marty Brodeur. Gotta win so, a cup. You gotta win so, a cup. But again, like these guys who have won, like you go, like look at Marc Andre Fleury, right? He's won three Stanley Cups. Two he's only of them, played in one of them. Yeah, exactly. Two of them he's got helped out by Andy, uh, by what's his face? Matt Murray. Matt Murray. And then the one, he has Sidney Crosby, probably one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Evgeny hey, Malkin. Crosby's great Crosby's fourth year in the show. I'm just saying, I don't think Mon- Carey Price has ever had a team like these goalies have had in front of him. And he's tried to carry some teams. Like in 2014, when he got injured against Chris Kreider, he was trying to carry that team. That team was. I, like I personally team. thought that team was a little bit deeper than you guys are now. Yeah. And I honestly. thought you guys would have made a better run in that, that season than you are this season. Yeah. And Chris Kreider really ruined your chances. Exactly. And that was like, that was the season, right, where you won four trophies in a year. And he's just going absolutely ballistic. And then Chris Kreider comes in and is like, let me just take your knee out and we're going to go to the cup final yeah. and lose. So, but, uh, but you can't, you can't say that was on purpose. No, no, I don't think, honestly, then, I don't think that play was then on people are going to call the Perry incident with Tavares no. on purpose. Yeah. So was, you gotta, you gotta cut, exactly. cut the Canadians a little bit of slack because they've gone through a Tavares list leaves. I, I yeah, will argue right. this until no, the cows no, come home. Hockey expert likes to save his takes for like, you know, pretty hot. I would like to hear your thoughts on the Shifley hit. On what, sir? The Shifley hit. hit. I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was clean. I'll argue until the cows come home. That hit is textbook. His shoulders drop. He slows My down to make the body back. check because he wouldn't have been able to time it if he stayed on his full back check. And why does he get four games? My my thoughts. Are, the league's soft, and they want to get rid of contact. It, it is true. The league does want to get rid of contact, and I I completely agree with you there. I think they're just going towards that direction where they're not gonna. It's gonna be more just contactless hockey, just a bunch of skill and p- passing and stick handling. I they want to get rid of fighting, obviously too, and that's just not something a lot of hockey fans like to see. They like people put respect, like you see on a other like NFL players or NBA players putting respect on NHL players' names because of how uh, gruesome and how aggressive hockey actually is. So and that's I where, think, people, where, where hockey actually gets its respect from. from the I think, I think with hockey hits and how you got to punish them, it doesn't matter if it's 19 minutes into the first period or if it's 60 minutes into the game. It doesn't matter when the hit has taken place. 
you got to call it all on the same line. Yeah, they. Have I don't care. Like, I disagree. What you think that? Well, because so, the hit was at the end of the game that it's suspendable. No, that it's less. I say that's less because everything like the game's on the line. Open goal. He has every right to go and make that challenge. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying it doesn't matter what the time is in the game. You can't look at the scoreboard. You just got to look at the body check and the play. And that but, puck isn't released. That puck isn't released three seconds and then the hit's made. That's finishing your job. That is quality hockey. And if I ran a hockey school, I'd say, yeah, this is how you deliver a check. You watch Mark Shifley. And if you want to see how not to take a hit, lift your fucking head up. Who cares what color your skate laces are? And take the body check. But we've seen inconsistent refereeing, right? This whole playoffs. Here we go. No, 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 I'm just just saying. We aren't talking about the refs. No, We're but this, the, the hits too. in the league. I know, dude, but the they even called the penalty system. on the ice. Like they got Shifley out of the game there, so they called the penalty already. They oh, gave him the the match penalty. They gave him the game penalty. They didn't have to give him the game penalty. They could have just said this is a charging penalty or this is like Bro, it wasn't a charge. I know exactly, but they could. That, that's what they what, could have said. What What was illegal about the hit other than the time? Because that's all I've heard from people was that it's the timing of the check. No, I think it was a hit straight to the head. I think, and shoulders. if you look at the camera, I think it was a hit to the head, and I'm gonna argue that until I die. Like that shoulder was a hit to the head. Elbow talk, and there's like he doesn't get concussed if the shoulder doesn't come oh, up he, and hit him in the head. He, when he gets hit, too, when he gets hit, it's his head off the ice that, and nobody yeah. has watched that. His I, head. Goes, I know what you're saying. I know what you're his saying. It goes off the out. ice, and that's yeah. what knocked him out. I know what you're saying. Where like when he made impact with the ice, that's when he hits his head. But I also think his elbow came up and did hit him in the head along with that. I think the actual ice, him hitting the ice though, is what gave him the actual concussion. I don't think the hit gave him the concussion, but the fact that he fell down, hit the ice, that's what made him knocked out. It's but, hockey. You hit against boards. That's I know. That, that, that's It is what it is. It's in the past now. A bunch of people are going to argue both sides. Um, we're we're going to get back into the actual Stanley Cup final here. I think we should get back into the final, not this Jet series. Um, so I think we, we did say the, uh, sorry, a little off topic. We did say that Florida Tampa series was the best, but I think if Mark Shifley plays in that series, that has potential of being the best series in the whole playoffs. Yeah, it becomes way more competitive for sure. Florida fans were on fire. Yeah. Dill still said, right? Florida's got the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Like the big ice state. (laughs) Uh, a little bit of like there's some stories that have just transpired before the the cup final begins. Obviously, we have Ducharme. He's coming back for game three. I don't know how much of a difference that is. Something that I really liked because I'm from Ottawa, Luke Richardson. Um, he took over for Montreal. Oh, but he's a Habs fan. Well, I'm from Ottawa, right? But Luke Richardson, he's from Ottawa. He's coached in Ottawa. He had the do it for Darren pin on him. I remember yeah. the do it for Darren movement ever yeah. since that started back like 10 years ago. I think it is now. If not um, more, honestly. Honestly. And like when that happened, he's tapping the pin. He's still remembering her. I think that was just a great moment for him. And um, I know I got the chills hearing that now. Like exactly. That, like I, 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 I love that. So that. I didn't even know. Like, no, I didn't, no, yeah, I I didn't know. I he, he was like, even like one of the coaches there. Like I just knew Alex Burroughs. I never, they never showed Luke Richardson on this TV. It's always to Charmin Burroughs. So I never really paid attention to behind the bench, but Luke Richardson was there too. And when he took and over. I, I got to give it to the Canadians because I remember growing up when I was playing hockey and our coach wouldn't be on the bench for a game. Your team's a mess. You guys aren't playing 
yeah, yeah, you're still playing for the same coaches that you see night in and night out, but the bench management by a head coach is night and day from an assistant coach. Yeah. So when you, I guess it's different in the NHL. You can have all the technology so the head coach can let you know what, what to do, what not to do. But when you have a head coach tapping you on the shoulder and letting you know that you're going over the boards or whatnot, it makes the game a hell lot of easier than an assistant coach just sitting there and guessing. So I got to give credit to the Canadians there and how they've been able to pull it off. And <laughs> and Ducharme's an interim head coach even, yeah, too. He's not even the head coach. Yeah, that's the crazy They got rid of Claude Julien, probably run. one of the better coaches in NHL history. Um, they got rid of him, said, you're not working out for us. Dominic's going to take over. But the uh, thing is, we saw it with the Blues two years ago. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are in the regular season. They were in 31st at one point. And the Canadians have gone hot in the right time. Exactly. They've turned it on, started playing some good hockey. And well, what I think too, is like all these injuries, they rested their guys. They didn't push them to come back in the regular season. Weber came back in time. Gallagher came back in time. Price came back in time. Those are like Gallagher heart and soul of the team. Price, your best. And And Weber's your captain, right? So, You got you got you got you guys back in time. Um, right now we have Armia out. He's going out. He's been a big X factor for us, even on the penalty kill. Um, but he's going to be out for game one for due to COVID protocols. Oh, but getting, getting to that PK, I, I want to hear Jay's opinion on this. What do you think? Who do you think is going to win this matchup? Do you think the Habs PK is going to win this matchup, or do you think Tampa Bay's power play is more efficient? Because the Habs have won, I think, one penalty kill goal all uh, uh, playoffs. Before you hop in on this, Jay, is Kucherov out? Because I saw he took a hard cross check in game yeah. six, and I didn't notice him in game seven. Played game seven. He played, okay. yeah, he played. Okay, no, he's fine then. He's fine. He's ready to go. But no, because he's big on that power play. So go ahead, Jay. Yeah, well, I think they're operating like 35% for power for their power play, which is ridiculous. I mean, they were basically automatic against Florida, basically automatic against Carolina. So they were – that's. Pretty, but I mean, I say that again, but Tabs PK is pretty on Mac. What, 26 straight games of allowing a power play goal, I think it was? And we have two, sh- four shorthanded goals, I think, this yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Lots of the fastest guy in the league. This is a hot take, but loves it. Paul Byron. Paul Byron, 100%. <laughs> Dylan Larkin. Get your heart out. Dylan Larkin. The guy's got the record. McDavid didn't beat him. Oh, I think Paul Byron put Bo- Paul Byron in that contest. I think he beats them both. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> never make an all-star weekend though that's the issue exactly he's not making the all-star weekend yeah right i have a uh, i have a hot take yes yeah, here i was waiting for this you're saying that uh montreal were blessed because they could rest guys during the regular season yeah so what that sounds like to me is that they're only in the playoffs because of covid because in a normal season where they're playing american teams as well they yeah. wouldn't have rested their like, guy. There, there, there's exactly that oh, case God where people. Is a hot there's, there's exactly that case where people are bringing it up. But why doesn't Vegas beat them? Why do these other teams? Yeah, Vegas, 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 Vegas can roll the roll the wheels right off of that Habs team. Your players are fresh now, though. The Vegas were the second best team in the league throughout the whole season, Vegas and Montreal came grind. in. Vegas had to grind to get to Montreal. Yeah. They've had to play seven against Minnesota and six against probably the best team in the league in Colorado. We, we had to play seven against your so-called best team, but King of the North, North. Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, well, pretty boys, Toronto Maple Laughs. Uh-huh. Toronto Maple Laughs. We had to play seven against those guys, come back 3-1 down. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say I like I like the hot take there, Dylan. I like the COVID. I've heard it. I've heard it all, though. I've heard it all. 
what like happened they, in the next series. It was a sweep, not six against Colorado, who won the President's Trophy. And but what Colorado got exposed for was having a lackluster defense who could box out the big forwards in Vegas. Montreal comes in, they shut down their top six forwards to how many goals? Two or three goals throughout the whole series? Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews got One shut goal. down by the Habs. Mark Stone gets shut down by the Habs. Top six forward on the Vegas, their first goal for, I for, forget who it was. He was, playing ready. The, he was playing on the third line the night that oh, he scored. Forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, their yeah. top six forward, he's playing on the third line in Barry's. There were some you can't have those top six running. You aren't going. But to go back on that penalty kill power play point that we were talking about there, yeah. I've always believed in the playoffs, no matter, no matter the year, whoever special teams is on wins it. And I haven't really thought about that coming into this cup final. And They're both on. That's, a that's, that's, that's who's going to win this. If mm-hmm. Montreal can turn their power play on and Wait. keep their penalty kill how it's been, they've won it. And if Tampa can shut down or not shut down, but if they can expose that penalty kill and come out on their power play flying and just shut it down because we know the Habs don't have a high, hot firing power play. Like they, no. they got a sub power one. Big slap shot. That's what we have. They got a sub par one, but it's not hot and yeah and scary, right? So if their games. So whoever whoever wins the special teams battle is the team that wins this cup in my eyes. So it's gonna be Habs in five, is what I'm hearing. So um we're gonna get down to probably the most exciting part for me as a former goaltender, or I don't want to say yeah. former because I hope hopefully there's some intramurals this year so we can play. But we have Carey Price and Andre Vasilevsky. And it's going to be the first time since 1999 where two Vesna winners played in a cup final. There has been that one, I think, in 2003 or something where Brodeur played, but he still didn't win his Vesna trophy that year. Um, so we have two Vesna trophy winners. They both have 12 wins each. So their backups aren't coming in where you've seen in Vegas or the Islanders where Sorokin and Leonard came in, um, where these people had to change their goaltenders around. Their goals against average is only three points away from each other. Vasilevsky's at 1.99. Price is at 2.02. Same thing with their save percentage. Vasilevsky's at 936 and Price is at 934 uh, save percentage. And then you have the shots against or like 559 for Vasilevsky and 530 for Price. And Vasilevsky's also only played one more game than Price. And the significant edge, though, goes to Vasilevsky because he's had four shutouts in these playoffs so far where Price has only had one. So it's going to be a complete 2-1, I think, type of games every single game. one nothing, 2-1, maybe the odd 3-2 game. But it's going to be just a complete goaltending duo. Please Who do you guys that. think is going to perform better? Say that, but the Florida-Tampa Bay series was high scoring. Yeah, it was. It was. So I that Montreal has the same firepower as Florida – in terms of scoring goals, but so you're lucky to get more than three out of Montreal in a game. But even if they do, it's not a manic win if they do. Because good luck trying to score three on Terry Price. Because I think that's happened twice. Yeah. I, I say – like kind of weird games. I, I've always said, like, growing up, if my goalie has a two goals against average, he's done his job. If you can't score three in the forwards, yeah. you have bigger issues than your goaltender. And I also think when we're saying about their numbers and the save percentage and how 
Vasilevsky's numbers look better. You guys all know what the house is, right? The slot. Yeah. The amount of shots Price gets in that slot or ridiculous. The piece is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Tampa does a good job of keeping the guys to the outside and letting Vaz see the puck. Whereas much on those that price will make those saves. Price is getting screened for a lot of these, a lot of cross crease passes, right? Yeah. So and I've been saying it all 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 playoffs long that as soon as the Habs score three, the game's over. It's tucked to bed. Doesn't matter if it's in the first period, doesn't matter if it's in the third period, game's yeah. tucked to bed. Right as right as they score those three goals, because Carey Price only lets in two. Like like what Jay said earlier. What what was it? The crazy two games, one game of Price letting in. Two goals, two games, I think, yeah. Yeah. Almost against the lead, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. okay. Crazy. High power plays in game. So you score three goals, and if your forwards can't score three goals, you don't deserve the Stanley Cup. And so like, that, that's my take on the goaltenders there. And I think I think Price might win this battle because, like I said earlier, that he doesn't want to lose, and he came to these playoffs ready to win a cup. So. And having Price in that, I think, is like having a goal ahead. I think the commentators even said that last game. It's like it's like having a goal advantage, having Carey Price in net because of how good he is. Because he's, he's like, got the cooperators insurance with uh, number <laughs> like, thirty one in the back. Of that. Exactly. You're not gonna if you can't score those three goals on Price, then it's not, it's just not happening. Once Montreal scores those three goals, oh, Price is locked in and he's making sure nothing's getting by him. He's doing you everything. Have to you can worry about do. scoring on Price. You got to worry about not letting the Habs score three goals. Yeah. That's and which they could do is. with some of these younger guys, older guys, everyone's kind of op- like generating. Right. And like everyone says in the Stanley cup playoffs, you need four, you need to roll four lines if you want to win the playoffs. And that's what Montreal does. Right. They go up in the first period, they score one or two goals, and then they're able to roll their lines and keep rolling their lines. Keep the and once they do that, they're set for the rest of the game. If they're up and they score their first goal or two, they're going to win that game because they're rolling their lines. They have carry price back there. And he's not letting anything get by him. So you just got, I think you got to Tampa Bay. If you're Tampa Bay, if you want to win, you got to be able to score first. Yeah, that's a big one. Habs love playing the trap. They love making you ice the puck, mm-hmm. make you go offside. Um, it was all fair, but we had one of the boldest predictions I've ever seen in the history of the NHL. What was that? That Cole Caulfield is the oh. second in coming of Alexander Ovechkin. 700 goals for his career. Watch and out. The only reason why I don't agree with you on any of that. Nor I. The only fan, reason why I could never see this happening, but the only reason why I could see it is because if you watch Caulfield when he's on the ice, the guy's got no defensive sense in his brain. Like, doesn't, doesn't care about the D zone. That's that's actually cap. Oh, no, it's not. first cap. They, if you if you just go back to game six, even just for game six of that Vegas night series, he's coming back on continuous plays, coming back helping out in the defensive. Oh, back, back checking is one thing. You're supposed to fill the no, lane. like actually coming in, using his stick to get the puck away and creating a turnover to go the other way. He's oh no, it. all he cares about is seeing when the Habs pick up the puck. He takes off. He draws the defenseman back. He opens up the neutral zone and the Habs go through. If the D-man doesn't draw back, he grabs it and he has a breakaway like we've seen. Or if you play right up on the guy, 
what did he do last game? Chipped it through Chipped the it guy. over his stick. And over his stick, makes a foot race, absolutely blows this guy out of the waters. Hey, that was nasty. Goodness. That was disgusting. Like, no, I, I'm giving him credit. The guy just thinks offensively and just yeah. knows knows how to drive the net, knows how to create time and space for his teammates. But, like, I've heard it from a few people. They are, I never did. They agreed that he shouldn't have started against in that Leaf series, right? Like they did. I think he should have. On I, I've said that from the He's proven right now that he should have. Yeah. But they were all saying it's because he's a defensive liability. And I don't think he's a liability. I think he's just the next Ovi and he's offensive minded. And he's also the next you Ovi. You want to compare compare him to Ovi? Ovi had some physical presence to his name. What, yeah. yeah, I know. And Cole Caulfield can't do that when yeah. at his obviously at his Caulfield size. Caulfield couldn't punch his way out of a wet paper bag. Like I go, I, I see him to go try to go hit some guys, and it's like, man, why are you trying to go hit like some big boy like uh like Mark Stone anybody, right now? Like, anybody, like, anybody's a big boy to him. Exactly. It's not gonna happen. He'll he'll bump him a little bit, but he doesn't have that big body like Ovi does. Obviously, Ovi the guy is the, the guy is Jay Merch is built but shorter. Like you. <laughs> And you're in the league. Thank you. I'll take that. Next time we meet Louis, I'll give you that comparison. Pardon me. I'll give you the Cole Caulfield is going to be like Marty St. Louis. I, I I never said that, but yeah, he no, is. Me. Oh yeah, no, 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 he is. He is. I could see that. That is my. That will be my comparison. What about a Tyler Ennis? <laughs> yeah, I like to see that. He's not. He scored. I just. I. If you bring up Tyler Ennis, I just think every time I hear Tyler, Ennis, I think of a nasty backhanded no look goal he scored against Carey Price, um, like two years ago. I just think about that. I hate watching that replay over and over because that was disgusting. That's because Price is trash. Yeah, that's why he's in the Stanley Cup final. Might, might be Nathan Gerby esque. Yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna get to some X factors uh, for each team. Obviously, Montreal and Tampa Bay, both their goaltenders, duh, right? Like, there's no doubt about it that those guys are some X factors for their teams. I think going into this series, going into the finals, I think Cole Caulfield scoring four goals against the Golden Knights, he's kind of just, he started scoring against Vegas, right? He got his first goal in game one where they lost 4-1, and they started lighting it up a little bit more, and he's got five assists, too, throughout the playoffs. Um, obviously won against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Nick Suzuki's OT winning goal there. So I think he's going to be a little bit of an X factor. If he can kind of turn it up and get going, then they have a really good chance at taking some like two nothing leads in some of these early games. Um, again, for Montreal, I think the Deneau line, like we said, they've just been able to shut down every single top offensive minded player they face so far. But Pardon? Sorelli is just as good as a shutdown center as Phil Benno is. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, I'm going to get to that, I'll too. I was going to get to some of that depth, too, for uh, Tampa Bay. Um, back to Deneau. Deneau and Sorelli, right? Both good on face-offs. Well, Deneau, really good on face-offs. He comes in. I remember watching him in Tampa – I mean, in the Toronto Maple Leafs series. He'd come on, take a face-off. It's on his line, switched right away. He'd do that for every single face-off. Ducharme would put him in. He, I know, like, Spets is there too, but, like, Deneau would come in, try to win the face-off, and then get off the ice. That was his sole purpose, was just go win the face-off and get off the ice as quick as you can. Um, but like we said, Matthews and Marner, they were held to one goal. Vix's top six forwards are held to, like, a couple goals. The Jets couldn't get anything done. They got swept because I, I just think this Deneau line just shut down everybody. Uh, I see Dill here. He's kind of smirking after I talk about the Jets there. Um... And then, obviously, for Montreal, they've been talking about this for the past 
few games as Montreal's big four on defense in Weber, Sherratt, Edmondson, and Petrie. And they were talking about how um, Bergevin said he could have went out, gotten someone to kind of compliment these three guys, like in Petrie, Sherratt, and Weber. But he went out and actually got Edmondson to match the three guys and make just, I don't know, a super huge lineup. I think they're all like 6'3", 6'4", each. And they're just big bodies out there to get guys out of the way of the goalie, out of the way of like Carey Price's vision, um, just blocking shots. So I think that's great for them to get these four big guys. And they're playing a whole ton more, uh, especially in that first round, than the bottom two guys. And then for Tampa Bay, we have Braden Point, who 14 goals. 14 goals, bro. Like That's dang. What is he on? What I, I want to hear your guys' opinion on Brandon yeah. Point right now. Like, what is he on right now? Hey, so I remember when Tyler Johnson went on that absolute tear, like 2014, I want to say, because it was last time Detroit made the playoffs. They had Ben Bishop oh in that. And I was at one of the last games in the Joe Lou playoff game, and Tyler Johnson went on a tear that whole playoffs. And, like, Braden Point's made a name for himself already, like, without a doubt. Yeah. But, like, what he's doing these playoffs, that's Kucherov Stamkos-esque. That's what they yeah. need to be doing. But Point, Point's a great hockey player. Like, he plays right. And the only reason why I could see Tampa winning is because three-year streak for uh, the big rig, Patty Maroon. Patty Maroon, eh? We haven't talked about him yet. No. And you're talking about depth players, and he just shot in my mind. Yeah. Blake, that guy gets it done in the playoffs. Like, that's, that's pretty tough. Like the bottom six are tick boys. Yeah. And it's and it's not hard when you're playing what like 18 million over the cap, right? To have some really good depth. So <laughs> I don't want to see Tampa Bay win, but I can never hear you shut up about talking about the half winning. So it's just a yeah. I know it's kind of a lose-lose for both of you, eh? Like But like, no, the thing is, like the stuff that Tampa's bottom bottom six do like yeah you were saying that montreal's rolls all four lines and whatnot but their bottom two they sure they've scored a couple of these playoffs but they don't they aren't lining up it's nick suzuki sending everything up like mm-hmm. that guy that guy's a wizard with the puck yeah he is i can't believe vegas let go of him honestly yeah well patch ready what you aren't gonna pick him up yeah, that's true. And if I want to bring this up too, the Ottawa set. I'm bringing in Ottawa here. The Ottawa Senators had a chance when they were talking Eric Carlson trades. Um, they were going to trade Carlson to Vegas Golden Knights. I think this just came up. I saw this today or yesterday. And Ottawa really, really wanted Cody Glass to be part of that trade. Yeah, and Vegas said, no, like we don't want to give up Glass, but we'll include Suzuki. And Ottawa was like, no chance. We don't want Suzuki. It's Glass or nothing. Again, it did kind of work out for Ottawa because they got Stutzel and all these other guys part of that package. But what would have been if Nick Suzuki's in Ottawa instead of Montreal? Cody Glass uh, in general, just for a heads up. Cody Glass is good, yes. Yeah. yeah. But, what, okay, sorry. Bill told me that. I've always thought about this. <laughs> we're, we're talking about trades and stuff. Let's, let's go look at that P.K. Weber trade. Look at that now, eh? I really thought PK was going to be a star and a stud. Same. He's not. I've lost that. Weber's showing out. Weber's showing his leadership. He's wearing that C proud. He's playing some good hockey, too. Like, the guy's not the youngest guy on the ice. 
I had some family members in Montreal said they're going to like, they're ready to stop becoming Habs fans because of trading PK Subban yeah. just because of like his impact in the community too. Like, yeah, like donating 10 mil to the children's hospital. Like PK, how do you trade a guy like that? Right. PK but they started out in Hamilton, which is a uh, baseball throw away from Jay and I, no and we've seen him. We've seen price. We've, we've seen a lot of the Habs come through yeah. the ranks. Right. And it, it was cool to watch PK. Like, I, I have an experience with PK and he was one of the three stars and he came off, came off and like said hi to more than half the fans pretty well. Like PK was for the community. Right. So yep. that's why Habs fans didn't want to see him go. hundred percent. But now you look at it, he's bounced around two teams. He didn't make the cup final the next year though. Right. Like in 2017. But- but who they were playing uh, Crosby, right? Exactly. You're playing Pittsburgh. And no, but then he's trying to play mind great games with Sidney Crosby, talking about mouthwash and stuff. Yeah. And like, come on. Like, <laughs> funny, never, man. right? So Weber's being solid there. But back to this uh, Nick Suzuki trade for Pacioretty really came back to bite Vegas in the ass because Suzuki absolutely let them up. And like we were talking about little breakout parties, I think Nick Suzuki's had his this this, this playoff. He had his last. I would say the bubble was Nick Suzuki's. Coming. Yeah, I was about to say when he came out against Pittsburgh and even in Philadelphia, where they still lost to Philly, he still had a little good run there. And that's when people were saying, "Oh, he kind of broke out. And he's going to come but into his own." He's showing that it doesn't matter the time of the game if it's the start of the game or the end of the game, they can rely on him. Yep. He's not a defensive liability. He's shown that these playoffs. And he's a, he's, he's a great fit. And as as not not a Habs fan, but as a guy who would who all likes to cheer on the Habs because this is rivals of my most hated team in the league, the Leafs. And like we said, the dogs, right? I love seeing Nick Suzuki out on the ice. That guy can play. I'd rather rather him over Cole Caulfield. But Caulfield is a bit of a game changer, and that's why you give a bunch of minutes. Caulfield will give you that spark. Suzuki will just be there anytime throughout the game, right? So he'll just be there. Ah, no, like the plays that go unrecognized. PK Subban is more of a uh, household name behind the TV set on ESPN than he is on the ice. Yeah, right now he actually is. <laughs> he's oh, with Stephen guy. A. Smith, right? He's talking about he's with Stephen A. Smith talking about the Stanley Cup Finals right now, comparing uh, Carey Price. No, he's comparing Cole Caulfield to Trey Young. Yeah. Uh, who, who is the better fit in the NHL to be on TV other than PK Subban? Exactly. You know like the personality is there, right? Exactly. I'll, I'll never forget him doing this, talking about um, Don Cherry. Don Cherry going, Bobby Orr, you know, me and Domenico. <laughs> My God, it's a great That was hilarious. Clip. But yeah. And then I'm just going to get the Habs have done it right this year. That's for sure. I'm going to get into some final like rundowns here. Obviously, I think a lot of people know that Tampa Bay's just been lighting it up offensively. They're point leaders. They'll be the first it, person to tell you that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. The the point leaders for the, playoffs, the last you know. one. Get, get it in too. <laughs> I think you have who is it? Kucherov's number one with 27. You have Brain Point, like uh, we've already mentioned, just insane with 20 points. Uh, and then you have Stamkos and Kalorin tied for third with 17. And Hedman's there tied for fifth with 16. You don't see a Montreal player until like tied for ninth with 
Tyler Toffoli with 14 points. And then, like we've said, Nick Suzuki, he has 13 points right behind him uh, on Montreal. You have a bunch of other guys who aren't even in the finals who have more points than a bunch of the Montreal Canadiens. I just think that goes to show the depth of the Canadians of how all four lines are able to produce. But at the same time, you have these guys in Tampa Bay all getting a bunch of points too. So I'd like to say the reason why is it so skewed is because these all players are on their power play. Yeah, that is true. And um, we were talking about accusations, whatnot, a little, little bit ago. Tyler Toffoli, guy's a playoff beauty. Like the Habs, out, the Habs went out and made sure that they, like the Leafs were like, oh, we we need some veteran experience. Let's go get Jumbo and Wayne the train. No, you got to get a Tyler Toffoli, some guy that in Corey the playoffs Perry. knows where to be. Bomb, Corey no, Corey, Corey Perry is the same thing as Jumbo, Wayne. No, but I think the fact, the difference between Perry and like the Jumbo stuff, and even with Stahl, is the fact that they've won Stanley Cups and they've made cup runs. Yeah. And that's the yeah. difference where Jumbo Joe, Wayne Simmons, these guys, Jason Spezza. They're chasing. They, they're still chasing that ring. Spezza obviously making it. Jumbo obviously making it to the finals as well before. But Perry, Stahl, Toffoli, they've made the cup finals and they've won the cup finals. Yeah, so I think Toffoli's that's not that old. Toffoli's that accusation that, yep. that solidifies. He's yep. in the right position. He's like borderline what Justin Williams was when the Canes picked him up. Just a playoff guy that you know will get it done night in and night Justin out. Won a cup in Carolina before he went to LA. Pardon me. That's the only won a cup with Eric Stahl in Carolina. Yeah. That went to LA. I'm seeing when they brought him back recently. They brought him back to make that to yeah. compliment Sebastian Aho and the rest of the boys. Right. You need that guy that can solidify you in the playoffs, and he's just in the right position at the right time and. Falcon made a good shout. Corey Perry's honestly been more of that guy than Toffoli at times. And I like, don't get me wrong. I've hated Corey Perry before he became a Montreal Canadian. One of the dirtiest guys in the league, right? One of those guys who just always going to get under your skin, make some dirty That's play. That's not dirty. Sometimes he can be dirty. You're like just taking sticks out of your hands. You've seen it against Vegas, squirting water in your gloves, whatnot. Just Dude, little one of, like I'm pretty sure it's Perry or it might have been Bobby Ryan. But anyways, I'm going to tell a story like it was Perry. He, uh, <laughs> some guy picked up his stick. They both didn't have a stick. Bobby Ryan. Was it Bobby? Oh, okay. Then story doesn't matter. <laughs> it was Bobby Ryan. But yeah. no, I'm going to go to you here. We're going to talk about some con smite odds. Oh, I get the better, the Batman himself. For exactly. Them. You're the better man, the Batman himself. Who do you think is going to win the con smite? Like the MVP of the whole playoffs. Obviously, I think you have Tampa winning, so it's going to be a Tampa player. Who do you think is going to win it all? Stamkos. You think Stammer? And Stamkos is one of those guys who doesn't have one of those higher odds because he's got the same amount of odds as Caulfield right now at plus 3,000 uh, to win the Con Smite. Obviously, well, not obviously, but Vasilevsky is the favorite over Price right now because obviously Tampa Bay is the favorite to win the Cup. So he's at plus 135, Price at 175, Kucherov at point. They were both at 250 each. Hedman at 2,000, and then, like I just said, Stamkos at Caulfield at 3,000, then Suzuki and Toffoli at 3,500. 3, um, why, Dill? Back to you. Why do you think Stamkos is going to just outshine Vasilevsky, Point, uh, Kucherov, who all have just been playing, I think, better in my opinion. I think the experience at a finals just going to shine through. 
But my she, doesn't have that. she doesn't have it though. <laughs> he played so one shift in the final, and he scored year. one goal last year. But he was oh, there. That, that's clutch. It is clutch. Exactly, and he was in the dressing room, or he was somewhere around the yeah. team. Yeah, oh, no, no, you're wrong there. He, he's he's lived it. Even if he didn't play, he lived it. <laughs> so he's just gonna shine through. He's gonna score hat tricks every game. He's gonna do- destroy Price. Show show <laughs> up as a fraud, and. Uh, Stammer's coming in to just rip price money, apart. Free money on the. Okay, so my question about Stammer last year is, I heard he had two goals and two shifts. That's unreal. I don't know how how sourced that is, how accurate. That I thought is. it was one goal he got. Yeah, one game three. That's yeah. what I. That's what I said. Yeah. So. Sounds like Leafs, efficiency. Leafs fans want to complain <laughs> about them not moving on and advancing. Tell me how Tampa wins the cup when you have your captain playing one shift. Kucherov is pretty ridiculous, first of all. Okay, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews are scrubs then. Yeah, they're just complete buckets. Okay, first of all, they are in the playoffs. Second of all, the decor, because I want to say, this season definitely proved my point, is that to go far in the playoffs, you need big, stocky defensemen. And not these skinny puck movers – like in Colorado. Dustin Bufflin. Okay, but I beg to differ. Exactly. But Bufflin was playing forward, and I was about to say I beg to differ. Look at Duncan Keith and what he got to do with the Blackhawks. Try to, and push, around try to push around Duncan Keith. Try to push around Drew Doughty. But try to tell me that those guys are big boys. Yeah. They're not they're big boys. Like, they're big, but they're not big like the Montreal Big Four. They get pushed around. They aren't headmen. Victor nope. Hedman's a stud. I think Hedman, in my opinion, I think Hedman should not be in the Norris Trophy uh, conversation this year, in my opinion. Uh, I think Kale McCarr, McCarr. Adam, Adam Fox, obviously, in there too. But there's a bunch of other defensemen, I think, who've played better defensively. I think it's time we get rid of this. I'll, I just thought about this the other day. I think we get rid of this whole, the best offensive defenseman should win Norris. Just make a whole other trophy for that. Call it the Bobby Orr Award or something like that to give, it to the, to give it the best offensive defenseman. You're, you have the Selkie. For the best defensive forward, just do the opposite for the defenseman because you're giving it to John Carlson too, who he's great on offense as well. But I don't think he's as good as defense as a bunch of these other other guys on defense this year. I think the same thing. Kel McCarr, he was good in defense, kind of didn't show up though in the playoffs against Vegas. He kind of got exposed a little bit. The whole decor did. James Gerard. Yeah, but he did play great in the season, and the stats don't lie. The numbers are there that he played great defense in the season. So I think he's a lock. I think we got to get rid of this whole narrative that the best offensive defenseman should win the Norris. Like, when you saw Eric Carlson win it a couple times, even me, I was like, bro, I hate – like, I'm watching Eric Carlson play me? defense. Are you kidding me? Any team would absolutely kill anybody and their mother for Eric Carlson. No. That guy, that guy locks up your DN. He – he solidifies your power play. He'll QB anything on the power they play. They should have done the same thing with Alfie, where they move him to forward. They should have moved him to – Alfie started out as a defense. Move him to forward, and he would have no. been better than he is now. Carl, Carlson better backwards than half the league can forwards, man. You can't, you can't move that guy to move that guy to a forward position. You can. It, it's shown in San Jose, man. The guy, the guy does make mistakes. But when he was in an Ottawa jersey, he was in his prime, and I, I personally think he could lock up that D zone like nobody else. That pass to Mike Hoffman against Boston in the playoffs was the best pass I've ever seen live. That was a nasty pass, hands down, over the top, and then just right. a little. 
broken bones. A little one-handed crossover to, to oh, grasp. Well, well, a little alley-oop action. Yeah. But Colin Smythe, I, 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 my pick is Braden Point. Yeah, I, I would think so. I I say if Tampa wins, it's Braden Point. And honestly, why why not? Why not roll with Nick Suzuki? But I honestly, I, I love the whole Montreal Canadian squad. But if you don't pick Carey Price, if Montreal wins, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Nick Suzuki, but Price when when people say these days go Habs, they're really saying go carry price. They just want price to win a cup. Right if you're now. not a Habs fan, you're just wanting price to win the cup. You don't but care no, like he's, the he's, he's the whole team right now, right? So well, did he score all the goals though? So here we go. They save all the goals. That no, were but all the goals he saved. Yes, I've seen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like price, price is the out and out. Uh, Colin Smythe winner if Montreal wins it. Yeah, no I'm going to go off the board and I'm going to pick Nick Suzuki. It's not a bad pick either because Nick Suzuki has been there throughout the whole playoffs, making plays defensively and offensively. So I I don't knock your pick there. Not so bad. Trevor's I don't know, but right take now. it to the bank. Don't. I, I suck. My <laughs> predictions are always brutal. I suck at fantasy. That's why I got a manager for the NFL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the boys, we will be bringing back some Fantasy Fridays leading up to the NFL fantasy season because that's going to be a rowdy one this year um, for the League of Idiots, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a great year for us. But that wraps it up for the NHL Stanley Cup preview. Pardon? Predictions. Oh, predictions? I thought it was pretty obvious who everyone's rooting for. Is it not Montreal? In games. Oh. Okay, we'll go Habs <laughs> in seven over here for Mateus. I'm not Mateus. Oh, are you kidding me? Yo, end the pod. End the pod. Dill, what do you think? Wow. I'm putting six. Tampa and six, Jay. I like. I can't stray with this guy. Can't stray away from him. Tampa and six. Um, I'm saying Habs and five. Not even joking around. Habs and five. It's gonna be. And you guys, hail bells out. You'll watch this. Get the hail bells out. Put them on a wagon because Montreal's going all the way. Put them on a wagon. Italy's winning Euros. Montreal's winning the cup. That's all I have to say. This one's a joke. Casual. (laughs) Casual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Was I the only one having some casuals tonight or what? No, don't worry about it. I got you there, Cal. Hey, how are you? A little Ribena for the kid. That kicks it off. All right, fellas. Thanks a lot for coming on. Hey, it's been a slice, folks. Thanks for watching. See ya.